0: Hello, welcome everyone to another session on uh, exponential sales and entrepreneurship. Um, We have a really special guest today. My guest today is one of only 1600 people in the world to be fully qualified as a functional medicine practitioner. She's a Cambridge graduate and uh, started her career as a consultant to the world's biggest pharma companies where she worked kind of closely with them on product go-to-market strategy and positioning. So she's worked with companies like GlaxoSmithKline, Novartis, Boehringer Ingelheim, Pfizer, Eli Lilly, Merck and Takeda just to name a few. In the last two years she pivoted to functional medicine which is is a kind of cutting-edge approach to full system health and it's really based on, as my understanding of it, it's really based on science and biochemistry. So she studied under the Functional Medicine Institute within the Cleveland Clinic and has since specialized in helping people with chronic illnesses and autoimmune disorders. One of her biggest client categories, and the reason why I'm so excited to have her on, is working with professionals within high intense job roles. And she's delivered some incredible results in turning around not just their health, but especially their their mental uh, performance within their jobs. So I've been hounding her for the last few months to join us. The fact that she's my wife didn't make it any easier to get her on board because she was so busy, but I'm delighted to finally have her on our show. So please welcome the lady whose clients I know have spoken and talked to her about being their health angel. Please welcome Amal Ismail. Amal, uh, welcome to the show and thank you for joining
1: us. Thank you, Moed. It's so nice to be here, and it's so exciting to be with you and talking about mental performance and uh, and mental clarity for for sales performers. because it, this is such an important uh, such an important topic, especially nowadays where our world has flipped upside down, and the way we do business and the way we approach all our social interactions uh, has changed, and that puts a significant demand on our body. So I'm really excited to to be here and thank you so much for bringing the topic of health um, to the forefront when it comes to performance, because without health, we cannot perform.
0: Absolutely. And people associate it more with sports sports, uh, and athletes, Um, but really it's so important even in the business world. So I'm really excited to hear some of your advice and what are the things you're observing uh, within the kind of career community uh, and the professionals out there. Um, so let's let's start firstly with you know functional medicine. You know what is? Can you just explain to us what is functional medicine? Because uh, you know I heard about it obviously because you started it, but you know most of the people I ask haven't haven't either never heard of it or have probably heard just very fringe things about it. So so what is functional medicine?
1: Great, thank you. Great question. It is, it is quite um, it's an, an enigma for many people and uh, not very well defined uh, in many people's minds. But what functional medicine is, it's not different from conventional medicine, but in which the approach in which functional medicine treats illness or treats disease or optimizes health is different. So it's, it's the philosophy behind it. And the whole, the concept of functional medicine is about treating the whole person by addressing the root cause of illness. So what is driving that illness? Is the illness driven by a biochemical imbalance? Is it driven by a behavioral component? Is it driven by environmental trigger? So we're looking at going to the cause of the cause, not just addressing the symptoms, which what conventional medicine tends to focus on, because it's based on the concept of acute medicine. You get ill, we treat you. That's the that's the that's the basics, and it's phenomenal because without acute medicine, without conventional medicine, we wouldn't have been able to expand our life expectancy. Right. Yeah. But when it comes to longevity, this is where functional medicine shines because it's not just about the how many years you live; it's how much life in those years. Right. You want you, our bodies are not designed to break at the age of forty or fifty or sixty, as as we all. Think it should because of with aging. In fact, our, our bodies are so incredibly resilient, but sometimes we get in the way of their ability to heal and help and support us in achieving our goals and visions. That's so the whole objective of functional medicine is not about eradicating illness, it's about optimizing health by understanding the interaction between your biochemistry, your environment, and your genetics. And where is the trigger that led to the sequence of events that ultimately culminated in symptoms and in some people, disease? So it's root cause medicine at the base of it.
0: That's super interesting. So with that root cause in mind, and, and and I appreciate everyone's unique, and it sounds like your approach is very unique and tailored to the individual because everyone's Genetics are obviously different, their, their life experiences are different, the way they express those things are very different. But what I really would like to ask is, what are some of the health-related trends that you're seeing amongst career professionals, you know, high-intense professionals, you know, people obviously in sales, but it's not just sales, it's those in corporate jobs, you know, management consultants, people at an executive level where there's so much pressure on them on a day-to-day basis. So what are some of the health trends that you're seeing amongst that community?
1: Really great question. So, I think the common thing I see that, uh, in terms of people I speak to within, as in friends who come to me for advice, but also my clientele, is essentially issues with brain fog, right. lack of ability to concentrate, poor quality sleep, high stress, palpitations weight gain, fluctuating energy during the day, bad skin, gut disturbance. So, and really a lot of these issues have a detrimental impact on their performance. They feel that, you know, they want to give more, but they're unable to give more. And the more they push, the more they get worse. And I think the biggest problem we face nowadays is brain fog. Most people are walking around with this cloud over their head and they can't understand how to get rid of it. You know, is it you know, they they feel that, okay, if I drink more caffeine, will that make it, will that solve the problem, yeah. right? And and people are really, are, are much more health aware these days, you know, you can see big trend towards, you know, meditation, mindfulness, healthy eating, you know, organic foods, you know, we've got a lot of um, wearable technology now, people are more, um, you know, more aware and trying to build more uh, awareness around their, their body and how it functions. Mm. However, um, I think we're missing the fundamentals that we do on a daily basis that act as biological forces in our body. And yes. and those are things like how we sleep, what we eat, when we eat, how we eat, our breathing, how much activity we do, what type of activity we do, uh, you know, stress relief, uh, our relationships. All of these factors... Are every day think of your body as the supercomputer, and you're sending it uh, messages, code, in order for it to perform. And if all the behaviors that you are doing on a daily basis are of a particular pattern, then the code that's going to be written into the computer is going to result in that in in, in that uh, dysfunction, mm. i.e., brain fog. So that's really the biggest problem is I I see a lot of my patients come to me, especially working in the corporate world, where they're saying, look, like I have so much pressure. I've got big deadlines, big targets to meet, but I'm really struggling. I can't sleep well. I have this massive brain fog. I'm constantly getting sick. I find myself taking antibiotics frequently. Um, I have allergies. You know, how do I address that? And that's where we start to unpack their story and what's going on um, uh, on a daily basis in terms of their behavior
0: right okay so i i I would that's really interesting because i'd really like to dive deeper into the whole issue of brain fog and lack of focus and energy levels because i know for any professional that's an important thing but coming from my world and, and the clients that i have in the sales profession that is incredibly important in fact it's vital to their very performance and I know that your experience and sympathetic in this area because you are a senior vice president in the company and you've been involved in that high-pressure organization. Before we get into the details around those things like brain fog, et cetera, I just wanted to also ask, Are you what extra pressure or, or impact are you seeing, either directly or indirectly, as a result of COVID and the pandemic right now? What are some of the things that you're seeing that's adding to those pressures that we already had, such as brain fog, et cetera?
1: Great question. So I think with COVID, there's actually, it's a double-edged sword. From one side, it's made people hyper vigilant about their health because of, you know, severe concern about catching the illness or passing it to vulnerable family members or loved ones. And so people have become more aware about, okay, I need to be more careful about my health. Now, how they go about it is a different story, but that's a really good thing about, uh, you know, a, a, let's say a silver lining, a little bit of COVID and how fragile our environment and we as humans a- against uh, um, environmental uh, factors. The other side of it is that not COVID per se, as in the SARS-CoV-2 virus and, and ultimately the disease, but it's the, it's the implication of the lockdowns that it had on us. So In one hand, yes, people are traveling less, and we know travel has a significant impact on your health and well-being. We can come to that later. Mm. But actually, this sedentary lifestyle, um, lack of exposure to the environment, loneliness is a big, big factor, spending a lot of time, a lot of screen time, which causes um, significant disruption to our circadian rhythms. So all of these factors, it's, it's a new paradigm we're operating in as a result of COVID, a lot of people are now struggling with mental issues, with, you know, with stress management issues, with structural issues, you know, because we're, we're sitting on laptops for a really long time and we're not moving and we don't even notice because our meetings run from, you know, right out, you know, they roll into, into each other. I mean, I experienced that with my patients. I always try to leave a buffer so I can take a break, stretch myself, you know, prep, my, put myself in the zone for my next patient, But, because you're you're so eager to serve and you're you know you feel the pressure you tend to forget about yourself and as a result 5 6 hours pass and you're basically in a sedentary position you haven't drank much water you probably didn't eat your blood sugars have dropped and that has a significant impact on your overall performance in particular cognitive function
0: I was going to ask about brain fog but you brought something up just now that I think it will be really important for our listeners to to understand so before we get into things like brain fog and energy levels what are some of the things just just repeat some of those again uh, what are some of the things that we can do during our day that will help us feel less of that pressure help us perform in a better way so you talked about things like you know going up going up and stretching going for a walk Making sure that you drink enough water, even taking a break in between tasks, which I know from a neuroscience perspective is incredibly important. There's enough research out there to show that. So, could you just walk us through, you know, in the day of a day in a life, what are the, some of the things that we could be doing, doing during our day that will help us feel a bit more, not, I don't want to say relaxed, but, uh, you know, to feel a bit more focused, less pressure, less intensity that might put, um, negatively impact our performance
1: so there's quite a few things i just wanted to mention one thing about this we're living in a time of high high level of uncertainty and a lot of fear right and while a lot of people might think that's only a, has psychological impact but actually the biochemistry of fear in itself causes tremendous physiological changes in our body and if we are constantly spending our days checking the news waiting to see how many cases rose how many people died what is the next steps in terms of lockdown so on and so forth we're constantly putting our state our body in a state of anxiety Mm. and that in itself results in the activation of your sympathetic nervous system which is the fight flight or freeze response flight or freeze response is really great when you're in you know short-term stress situations um it's adapted from our ancestry right when they used to run away from tigers and uh, and so on so what but the, it hasn't changed right the the biochemistry hasn't changed so when 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 your brain your hypothalamus registers a stress um, signal then it passes on messages to the pituitary onto your adrenal glands to re, to release cortisol
0: mm.
1: cortisol is great in small doses but if it's, you're continuously producing cortisol on a chronic level that basically Drives you into that um, sympathetic overdrive mode, Mm. and that's really bad because what what does that do? It basically puts your body in survival mode, so it pulls the blood away from all your organs and concentrates it to the heart, lungs, and muscles because the expectation is you're running away from fear. So as a result, you get reduction of blood supply to your liver, to your kidneys, and to your brain Mm. because at that time. The body is not expecting you to be solving you know, a complex math puzzle, right? The, 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 the body is just trying to say, hey, we've got to survive. So we've got to push through this. I'm going to prioritize the heart, the lungs, and the muscles. The longer we deprive the rest of the organs uh, from that supply, the nutrition depletes, and then we start getting problems. The other factor is that our, um, our blood thickens. Because in case you know, we're attacked and, and you get cut, you don't bleed to death. That's a problem because that affects our blood pressure. It affects our circulation, our, our vascular integrity. The second piece, um, the third piece, sorry, is that it causes a transient permeability in your gut lining. So the gut lining becomes uh, kind of like a, a cheesecloth with big holes. And so nutrients, so that nutrients can pass quickly in order to uh, fuel the body. But as a result, toxins that are inside start to leak out and essentially they drive inflammation because they're picked up by the immune system and you now are in a basically a, a storm of inflammatory molecules and cytokines. And so that all in itself drives uh, the, the decline in cognitive and mental function. So ultimately what you want to do in the day is minimize, you know, minimize your exposure to things that are going to affect you, that you have control over. So, of course, work comes with its own stresses. Nobody's expecting you to shut down your laptop and, and run away from it. However, first thing you do in the morning, wake up, don't touch your phone, don't look at the news. Nothing had changed from last night. Don't look at the news. If it's big enough, you will find out shortly after. Go outside, take a few deep breaths, drink your cup of tea in the morning, you know, preferably herbal tea or warm water with lemon. and Do some stretching, move your body a little bit. All of this, one, it helps set your circadian rhythm. It helps your body align that, okay, now this is the waking cycle. We need to get um, the body functioning in that mode. And as a result, all your hormones get released at the right time. Your immune system functions at the right time, and so on. And your and all your organs start to operate um, uh, and building up in preparation for what comes in the day. Okay. So what you do in the morning is so critical because that sets up your sleep-wake cycle, and that's so important for um, uh, subsequently the activities that happen in your body.
0: Basically, what you're saying is, first thing when you wake up in the morning, your routine should be about self. And your connection to the natural environment as opposed to any technology or news or, or, or information coming in. What you want to do is focus on yourself, which is, you know, stretching or breathing and things like that, and and then and then focus on your physical or spiritual, whatever it might be, but your connection to the natural environment, which is go for a walk in the park, go outside, breathe in some fresh air, take a few deep breaths, etc. That's 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 what I'm getting from what you're saying. Would you would you say absolutely. that's
1: yeah, absolutely. And spend spend time with your loved ones. So if you have a partner, spend time with them in the morning to chat about what you know, how you feel, what are you going to do for the day. If you have children, be present with them, play with them, because this is so important. Connection is so important for our well being. Because again, you want to start your day when you're in the rest and restoration mode. You want to be in the parasympathetic. Uh, system not in the sympathetic nervous system so you are going to get activated right your sympathetic nervous system you're going to get triggered but let's delay that trigger so to allow the body uh, to build resilience to so that you can um, get through the day so a lot of my advice first thing to my patients is please avoid the news avoid your phones get take even if it's half an hour in the morning that's just for you that is wonderful Feed your body, feed your mind with good thoughts, you can write out your plan. Because one of the big things I see is our routine has gone out the window because we no longer wake up and you know shower, get ready, dress, walk out, commute, have our breakfast, sit at the desk, so on and so forth. So our routine is broken our traditional routine is broken. And so as a result, we feel like everything is melding into one, right? And so that is really bad. Your body needs routine. Just like a baby needs routine, you need routine. Your body thrives on routine. So you need to create that routine, even if you're at home, because that's how you build resilience.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I speak to a lot of my colleagues and my clients, and they're saying that work and home is kind of almost meshed together. And they're finding themselves waking up later and only giving themselves a few minutes to get ready before they start going on on their laptops and their first Zoom call or whatever, whatever it might be. So that's that's hugely be, uh, great advice, actually, Damo. So so once you've conducted your morning routine and you've focused on self and your connection to the natural. Natural environment and to your family. What next? So when you go through your day, what are the what are some of the simple yet powerful things we should be aware of and should do that will greatly help our energy and then help our ability to perform.
1: So the next thing I would say is you need to schedule breaks in your day, and I don't yes. mean by long breaks. If of course you're going to have a lunch break, and of course you're going to well, I hope you will, because if you're not eating your meals regularly. Then that's also going to impact um, your performance because that's going to alter your um, insulin levels and your sugar levels in the body, and that's going to drive a drop in energy. Okay. Right. So you definitely want to have regular uh, meals because again, your body is expecting that in order to maintain that uh, circadian rhythm um, in good in in good function. So for example, when when we think about the this comes from Chinese medicine actually. So in Chinese medicine, we know. Uh, they look at the body as you have this big circadian clock, mm-hmm. the master clock, which is the wake cycle clock. And then each organ ha- is, has a peripheral clock that's synced to that, um, uh, to that uh, uh, master clock. Mm-hmm. And so if your master clock is out of balance, then all the other clocks become out of balance because they no longer have anything to follow, to lead. When it comes to your gut, and this is so critical because I, so many of my patients have gut issues it's your gut is primed to receive and digest and absorb food optimally between 10am and 4pm so if you're having your largest meal of the day late in the evening where your when your gut is no longer primed to receive it then you are using tremendous amount of energy to digest this food, and you are um, impacting the quality of your sleep and detoxification at night. Right. So it's so critical that you, um, that you actually introduce a lunch break and have a, a healthy meal then. First of all, it gets you away from the screen, which is really important because you don't want this blue light stimulation all the time. Hmm. It allows you to calm down your breathing, and switch to a parasympathetic mode. Because also eating at your desk in between Zoom calls is not very effective. Because no. if you're in that sympathetic overdrive, remember that the blood supply is diverted away from the gut. And so your digestive capacity is reduced. Mm. And in order for you to actually digest, you need the parasympathetic system to be active. Because that's the one that drives digestion. It's rest, digest, and
0: restoration. So you need, to be re- you need to be in a
1: relaxed, relaxed state. state. Yeah, so I would I try to advise my patients even before lockdown. Some of the simple things I've said is take ten minutes away from your desk. I don't even if you eat quickly, take ten minutes away from your desk. Walk outside, take your food, and just eat your food looking at um, at the trees. Okay, because one being away from your desk first creates a separation. It allows your brain to um, uh, to take a break and we know you know this better than i do it's the and now the the name escapes me uh, of the part of the brain that only gets activated when you rest and it's the part of the brain that that essentially consolidates so people who s- suffer with creativity and decision fatigues a lot of my patients say i'm i really oh, the, find the, it very the hippocampus. hard yeah a lot of people a lot of people say you know i i'm unable to make decisions i find it very yeah. difficult to make decisions And that's because um, their brain is unable to process. There's no rest time for the brain to go through that information. Their sleep is poor. And during the day, they're engaged from morning to night without any breaks. So that 10-minute break is a godsend because, A, it helps you switch off. It allows your brain to consolidate. It allows you to be present with your meal. It allows you to digest the food so you can get the nutrients in. Because, again, nutrients is information. It does... um, uh, drive biochemical changes in your body and genetic changes so yeah. we want to eat food and nourish our bodies and then looking at trees actually uh, geometrically there are figures in the trees that when the eye captures it allows it it allows you to relax it puts you in the parasympathetic mode
0: wow that's super interesting yeah yeah
1: So it's a very simple thing. And I always say, if you can't go out because it's raining, not that I'm advocating that very much, but they actually do it in Japan because people don't have a lot of space. So in Japan, they did a massive study on forest bathing digital forest bathing yes uh, yeah. compared to natural forest bathing and they found that it actually it has similar effects so if you if you uh, play a video of a forest walking through the forest they actually the if you have a water feature it makes it even better more
0: powerful uh, yes more yeah. powerful
1: and so it's really vivid and so when you're when you're watching that while you're eating you actually uh, push your, activate your vagus nerve push yourself into the parasympathetic nervous system and uh, allow your body to restore very effective. So even if you're unable to, you say, oh my God, it's raining or I can't go out or, you know, I can't leave my child or, you know, there are always solutions. There's always solutions. You can still be by your laptop, not ideal, but at least you can do that. <laughs> so That's really critical. Even between, between your meetings, if you just take one minute and you do some deep breathing exercises and the key with the deep breathing exercise is you want your out breath to be longer than your in breath. So I always right. say to my patients, you want to breathe in the ratio of two, four, eight. So you breathe in for a count of two, you hold for a count of four, and then you breathe out for a count of eight.
0: Why, why is the, why is the exhale so so? Uh, why is the longer exhale more important?
1: Because the exhale is what activates the parasympathetic nervous system. Right. So the longer your exhale, the more your body gets activated uh, in the restoration mode. Because when, if you notice on yourself when you breathe. When you're stressed, you breathe very shallow. It's not deep breathing. Your your you know your shoulders are hunched. You're more closed up, and so as a result, you're not getting enough oxygen, and that pushes you into a sympathetic overdrive. When you when your out breath is longer, your body gets the message that we're in a relaxed state. There is no danger. the, the brain doesn't register danger because you're able to take time to breathe. Wow, breath awesome. is so powerful, really really powerful. I actually picked up one of my favorite books. From James Nestor, called right. uh, "Breathe," and I really in- encourage people to to read that and learn about the power of their breath.
0: Right, and we'll put a link. To, we'll put a link to that book in the uh, in the show notes yeah. um, for people to be able to uh, to read. So that that's that's really helpful, Amal. So let's start from the beginning. So you start your day focusing on self and your connection to the natural environment, your connection to your family. You then start your work. First thing that you say is. Take one minute breaks in between tasks or in between meetings where you're focusing on deep breathing, and you want to breathe. You want to exhale for longer than you inhale because that will reset. It will just make you more relaxed. And I know from a from a neuroscience point of view that that actually helps reset. Uh, kind of gather energy for your brain. Your brain gathers energy during that pro- Gathers energy during that process in order to then be able to focus better on the next task at hand. So there isn't that drain, that energy drain switching going on. So that makes complete sense. And you also talked about eating regularly and especially eating away from a stress, stress induced environment such as your screen, etc. So if you can go out, I got the sense that even though you didn't mention it, you know, the kind of order of beneficial hierarchy is going outside and looking at trees to eat. If you can't, then maybe eat in in silence or away from a screen where you're just kind of more relaxed. And for failing that, then you can do what you call forest bathing, which is to look at high quality videos of uh, walking through a forest with some sort of water feature as well. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. that's really interesting. What else could we we do as well? Uh, You mentioned water earlier in our conversation. What are some of the things like that that we could be doing during our day to help us actually perform better?
1: Yeah, so hydration is a big thing. Uh, A lot of my patients are dehydrated. And dehydration, I mean, we are 70% water. So it's really important that we maintain our hydration. It's really critical for literally all functions in our body. Can you you talk a
0: bit more as well? So sorry for interrupting, because this is one of the biggest misconceptions I come across myself, which is a lot of people have a, a, a misconception about what dehydration is they think of it as more of an extreme thing but actually there yeah. are different levels of 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 dehydration is that correct
1: yeah well the the rule of thumb is if you wait till you're thirsty to drink you're pretty dehydrated by that stage right you're pretty dehydrated so you want to you want to drink on a regular basis so a lot of people for example say oh well, I didn't drink for 5 hours but then I you know I drank a liter Well, that doesn't help because, you know, we also know about, you know, physics, right? You cannot, there's so much the body can absorb in one time, in one go. So if you drink too much water, most of it is going to be flushed out through your kidneys and you're not going to benefit. You're not going to be absorbing it. So it's really important that you drink throughout the day. And the best advice I always give my patients is keep a big bottle of water. And that's a reminder that you need to continuously drink and aim to finish that Two, two bottles of that water with you
0: right
1: and a really good way is to actually start your day with two big glasses of water because that you are anyway you get dehydrated throughout the night you know you're perspiring your body's detoxifying it needs to dump all of that in the morning uh, all the toxins that it cleaned up so it's really critical that you hydrate first thing in the morning to allow your liver to um, dump all its toxins and you'll basically get in a good amount of your water that you need to take so as a rule of thumb you want to drink one liter of water for every 25 kilos of weight.
0: Okay. okay. Roughly. One one liter.
1: Yeah. So people always say, oh, just eight glasses. But um, I like one of the other teachers I listen to, you know, he says, if you're a big person, you drink big glasses of water. If you're a small person, you know, so not just, okay, I'm, I'm drinking. But if you're, you know, six foot and you're drinking, you know, small regular size glass say eight glasses of water that's not sufficient so you really want to go by body weight so that's why i say one liter per 25 kilograms of weight is a really good measure to go right, by
0: okay that's that's yeah. really interesting so water we don't so the moment you feel even a little bit thirsty then technically your body has started feeling well technically you're dehydrated you're dehydrated right? it, it, it's obviously at the lower level but okay so that makes complete sense what else could we be doing
1: right so uh, then you need to create boundaries in terms of when you finish working. And then spending time with your family or connecting with loved ones or spending time with your kids. It's really important to make that switch. So you've got to create those boundaries because now all our boundaries are blended. You have to be, you know, you have to be the master of that. Before that, you would come home and then, you know, the only connection with your phone is with your work is probably your email. And then sometimes you might turn on the laptop or whatever, but there's a physical disconnection. Now we don't have that physical disconnection and we must create it because for several reasons one during the day so when you wake up your body releases cortisol and then cortisol is your kind of get up and go hormone it's not the only the stress hormone it's not it has a bad rep but it is actually necessary for life so and then it needs to drop throughout the day up to sort of zero levels by 9 p.m. so that then your melatonin starts to release and then you can go to bed
0: right
1: that drop in cortisol what we also refer to it is building your sleep drive right so you want to be able to build a sleep drive to allow you to get into deep restful sleep mm. to build your sleep drive are things that we talked about you know first of all getting exposure to direct light direct daylight sunlight or daylight
0: even if it's, it's a cloudy morning, day right?
1: even if it's a cloudy day right. right you get that so the brain the pineal gland registers it and starts to release cortisol and you basically set the clock for the day okay second thing regular meal times okay because again we're we're working according to the um to the circadian clock and according to the body clocks thirdly coffee maintain your coffee intake only in the morning because coffee after 12 becomes a problem because coffee's molecular structure is similar to another molecule in the body called adenosine and so it starts to compete with adenosine receptors and when it binds to it adenosine has nowhere to go And then as a result you can't build your sleep drive you need adenosine to bind to the receptor in order to build your sleep drive so that you can get sleepy in the evening and have restful sleep so coffee after 12 you know 12 in the afternoon becomes problematic and then thirdly you want to get you want to remove exposure uh, of blue light so at least an hour before bed you don't want any exposure to any technology tv Phone screens, laptops, and what have you, because those light that blue light continues to activate the pineal gland in the wrong way. That we're still in daylight, we're still in daylight, continue to produce cortisol, continue to produce cortisol, and then your melatonin is not released, and then you have trouble falling asleep, or you fall asleep from exhaustion, which is not the same thing, and then you don't have restful sleep. Now, why is this a problem? Because if you don't produce sufficient melatonin at night. It's not just melatonin is not just the, the um the hormone that gets you to sleep and maintains your sleep but it also is the hormone that plugs the holes in your brain through the night okay so it actually heals the blood brain barrier it, it's very 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 important hormone and it's the hormone that helps your thyroid to release thyroid hormone in the morning so if you don't have sufficient melatonin you are unable to heal all the basically inflammation that occurred uh, during the day in the brain. And that as a result, if you go into the next day with more brain inflammation, that's where you start to see decline in, you start to see brain fog, memory decline, trouble concentrating, and so on. So that's why it's so important what you do also in the evening, what you do first thing in the day and what you do last thing in the evening are so important to ensure that you have the capacity to clean up your Brain and body at night.
0: So, you're saying that those doing what you just suggested is going to help you have more energy during the day and be able to focus
1: better? Yes. Yes. So, it's counterintuitive when people say, I have sleep problems. I'm like, what do you do in the morning? Right? Because what you do in the morning sets you up for how the quality of your sleep and how you're going to sleep at night. What you do in the morning is so critical, which is uh, ensuring that you um, get exposure to direct light you get hydrated and you avoid any you know negative stimulating environmental exposures right, right. so you want to avoid the news you want to avoid you want to set yourself in a good state and ensure the natural release of cortisol
0: so what what advice do you give to your patients because what you described about you know creating boundaries you know, making sure that you maybe you don't look at a screen an hour before you go to sleep etc that helps you actually be able to focus better and have more energy during the day which is what we want especially as sales professionals but in an always switched on world and a an really connected world that is very difficult particularly with the stresses that our businesses are going under if you're an executive or a business leader you kind of have to be always on or always at least engaged in order to fulfill your responsibilities as as a business leader and also sales professionals are in a very high intense situation as well so they constantly feel the need to have to check their emails be up to date with the news sometimes there are things that are updated or breaking news that are coming out in the evening we may feel that that's very hard to follow that strictly so what advice do you give to your patients in such a situation that may not be strictly adhering to that but it's at least better than some of the things they're doing right now
1: it's a great question so i think that first the first point i want to say is about stress now we can't escape stress stress is around us stress is always going to be part of our life actually stress is good because in many situations it pushes us out of our comfort zone to grow and deliver and achieve yeah but it's where stress becomes a problem is where you lose your capacity to adapt. So if there's a loss of adaptive capacity in the body to stress, that's where problems start to occur. Yeah. So what what we want. What I tell my patients is I want you to learn to dance with stress. I don't want you to remove stress. I don't want you to, you know, become a monk or, you know, uh, meditate 24-7 because that's not realistic. But I, what I want them is to learn how to dance with the stress. And the way you learn how to dance with the stress is by creating a routine. So the only thing is even if you start with literally, I have patients who will literally start with a five-minute break. That's all they can do. That's all they can manage in their what, days. In
0: the, in the evening or during the day, sorry? During the day
1: is to what? find the five-minute window. So I ask them, schedule it in your diary, just like as if it's a meeting. Take those 5 minutes break for you. You can drink water. You can listen to a song you want and dance. As long as you just go away, from, even if you close your eyes and just breathe for five minutes, I'm happy with that. Because all you want to do is interrupt the pattern so that the body feels that it's in a safe environment and it's capable to adapt to the stresses around it. But if it's mm-hmm. continuously bombarded and there's no switch between your sympathetic and parasympathetic, you get loss of resilience. That's what we call loss of resilience because you're supposed to be able to switch between them quite yeah. easily. I, it might seem daunting. You're like, oh, I have to remember to wake up and go into the light and drink water and do this and this. What I say is baby steps. It's all about baby steps and all those small shifts that you make. So you start with, okay, I'm going to avoid the news for the first half an hour. By the time you wake up, you brush your teeth, you you know, half an hour have passed anyway already, mm. right? Or if that's too hard for you, then just schedule five minutes in the day because it's, it's progress that creates momentum. It's not results because what we're trying to do is you're going to start to feel a bit better and then you're like, oh, I'm going to take on one more action. And then you feel better and you're going to take on one more action. What I say in the evening, because I know it's really hard. I mean, I do it. I'm constantly in the evening doing patient report. I mean, there's there's many ways you can do it. One, you can buy blue light blockers, okay, yes. which means that help that help block blue light, and so it um, it stops that stimulation to the pineal gland and allows your melatonin to to release. So you can still work on your laptop. You can still watch the news if you need to, which I I really discourage late late at night. But if you need to, if you have to, you have to, but um, at least wear those so that at least your body is getting the message that it, actually it's nighttime. I can start to produce melatonin, even though there's still some stimulation. Another really good technique I find is I ask my patients to pick a pen and paper and just write whatever's on their mind to get rid of that excess energy in the evening. Just get it out of your system. Because that's also that nervous energy stays in the body. So we want to get it out. And it's not a journal. You can tear this piece of paper apart and throw it. It's just about getting that energy out of your system. And that really, really helps. So for for a lot of my like execs or or, um, top performers um, in corporate world, very simple things we start with. Very, very simple things. We we literally say, okay, no coffee after 12, a five-minute, 10-minute break during your day, and then... Um, half an hour before bed with no screens. That's all we start with. And it makes tremendous difference. Really, really, it makes a big change. And then they get excited. And so they start to then adopt more and more changes. So we start to change things in their diet. And then we start to, you know, of course, if they have some underlying conditions, we work on treating those. It's all about baby steps. That will be my biggest advice.
0: Yeah, that that's super, that's super interesting, because yeah, baby steps start with one thing, make that part of your habit and routine. And Pretty soon you'll be able to add one more thing, and that become part of habit again, etc. That that is really really helpful. One of the things that I wanted to cover. Now I know this is a bit of a dangerous minefield because everyone's body is so unique, and their reaction to what I'm about to, what we're about to discuss, uh, can be very different. But what are some of the dieting habits? Now I there's a there's a mistranslation of what diet is nowadays because Diet, in its original meaning, is the food that you take. Your diet, i.e., you could be a diet of meat, you could be a carnivore versus an omnivore versus a herbivore. That's your diet. Now, people take that word as um, food reduction or calorie calorie reduction, which is not the which is not the right translation. What are the what are some of the foods? that we should be eating more of, or at least some of the meal or diet habits that we have that are not helping us when it comes to our performance, energy, focus, etc. And what are some of the supplements that we are missing out on that are really important that we can all safely take or increase?
1: Yeah, great question. So I think the biggest problem with diet is that when we're busy we tend to you know we tend to depend on easy carb based foods right we want something that we can cook quickly so a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, people tend to say okay well i'll just cook a pasta i'll eat toast i'll make a sandwich you know there's really minimal minimal fruit and vegetable intake right and there's a high load of carbs and sugar and so on so The first thing you could do, and the really important thing you must do, is we need to cut out processed foods. So it's not about calories, okay? It's not about how much calories you go in, how much calories come out, that's not the point. The point is, are you feeding your body with the right food that is going to drive optimal performance? Okay, because food is not just for joy. Food is actually information. It actually helps you code the computer. So if you're eating foods that drive inflammation, you're going to end up with inflammation and you're going to end up with symptoms of inflammation like brain fog and pain and headaches and nausea and gut issues and so on. If you eat food that nourish your body, such as vegetables, fruits, high quality proteins, then you're going to feel, you're going to perform better. It's it's as simple as that. It's It's simple. It's what you input is going to determine your output. The first thing I always ask my patients is, I ask them to take you can you can you know download there's plenty of those on on Google where you can say a day planner and then I ask them to write in the day what time they eat what they eat and next to it to write what uh, what they feel if you feel if there's a change in your energy i.e. you you either your energy shot up after you ate or your energy dropped then there's a problem with your insulin and your sugar levels and that is going to have a significant impact significant many many things but it has going to be have significant impact on your energy levels maintaining the energy and that focus so you never want to be in a state of hypoglycemia. you don't want to be in a state of hyperglycemia which is high sugar and you a normal person with a healthy function if they ate whatever they ate it shouldn't it shouldn't change their energy levels right so if you're that's the first thing is you build awareness so i ate this and i then i felt low Okay, so why did I feel low? Then we start to look at the content they're eating, and most often it's a lot of sugars. Okay, so they might might have had cereal or toasted bread with with jam or something, or you know, or some cheese. There's like it's devoid of nutritional, true nutritional value because as shocking as it may sound a piece of toast bread you know the not the baked you know sourdough and really nice baked uh, breads that you might get from the bakery but you know those standard sliced breads that you get in the supermarket that slice of bread has a higher glycemic index than a snickers bar because it's so highly processed it shoots up your um, uh, your sugar level uh, to really really high levels
0: oh wow that's amazing so you're saying that a regular slice of bread white whether bread. it's in a sandwich or toast even a whole meal i think there's a white bread as well or just a whole white
1: meal? bread white bread whole meal a little bit less but white bread for oh, sure. white. but yeah. those
0: kinds of breads has a higher glycemic index and impact than a snickers bar yeah wow
1: i was shocked when i saw that data i was like this is crazy because it's highly processed right. it's highly processed so there's and if you look at the ingredients there's a lot of sugar in there um, and I'm
0: assuming you're you're also referring to baguettes, for example, or rolls. Um, you know, they uh, unless it's high quality, even though I mean it'll still have that impact, but less of an impact. But even yes. things like baguettes, and just just for our viewers to be clear, it's not just just for toast, for example, or, or square square bread. It's baguettes or rolls, et cetera. They too could have a very high glycemic index, close to a Snickers bar, if not more.
1: Yeah and especially if they're taken alone because it's all about balance in your diet so if you're eating like a slice of bread with some jam and then there you go your sugar level you've increased your sugar levels to really high amounts and then you create insulin issues and so on so what we want to what i want them to do is always in the first in the morning is to eat things that maintain their sugar balance and also um support uh, the detoxification and alkalize their body so i always say whether you have it in a smoothie or whether you have it, um, as a salad, but as long as you have a good intake of fruits and then vegetables, you know, with some protein like eggs or smoked salmon or, you know, some nuts, whatever you need to have fats, proteins, and carbs, but your carbs should really come from fruits and vegetables. You want to eat whole foods. We want to focus on whole foods more so than, um, than processed foods. I know sometimes it's hard because you're busy and so on. But when it comes to preparing this food, it really does. It's just a misconception that healthy food takes so long to prepare. There are so many amazing uh, recipe books uh, written by so many doctors, like Mark Hyman's book, uh, Food, I think it's called Food, the Cookbook. It's wonderful. Like the recipes are so easy. You can whip up your breakfast in 10 minutes. You can do your lunch in 15 minutes and and enjoy a very healthy, uh, low glycemic, um, nourishing food because that's ultimately what we want we want to nourish you so that your brain can function effectively so that's really what it is it's 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 the sugar and then the quantity of the food so what happens is people as i mentioned either miss meals which that of course pushes them into hypoglycemia, impacts their energy levels or when they come to the evening when their but when your body is not primed to receive that volume of food we end up eating a huge amount of food often in front of a tv and so we first of all there's no presence there's no awareness our you know, we haven't activated the cephalic phase of digestion. We're, we're not producing enough enzymes. And then we're eating sort of, you know, unco- like, you know, without focus, without um, presence. And so we don't digest our food well and we take a huge amount and then we feel very full and we feel sick. And then that has a significant impact on the quality of our sleep. And then we get into this vicious cycle. So I always say that when it comes to food, you want to focus on whole foods, things that come from the ground not things that come in packages. You don't want processed foods. You want to balance your meals so that you have good amount of protein, a good amount of uh, vegetables, like 70% of your plate is vegetables with then protein and some uh, fats. And and by vegetables, I mean also, of course, carb-based vegetables like sweet potatoes and parsnips and carrots and so on. And then avoid having large quantities most of our problem is we eat too much rather than too little too much of the bad thing
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's true okay yes
1: so it has a significant impact on our performance i mean gluten i know it's a super controversial topic for many people and there's a big trend to go gluten-free but i really caution you about going gluten-free for the sake of going gluten-free because if you go gluten-free and and bread is the biggest source of fiber that you have in your diet OK, and you cut that out and fiber is so essential for the health of your microbiome, which controls uh, very much has a significant impact, knock on effect on your immunity and, and your endocrine system. If you cut that fiber out and you don't replace it with other fibers, either non-gluten based fibers or uh, grains or um, uh, vegetables, then you get significant deficiency. It alters the microbiome and it actually increases your risk of cardiovascular disease. Right. So it's very unsafe to just say I'm going to cut gluten and then not replace that fiber content.
0: What would you advise some of our viewers replace replace that fiber with? What are some of the high high fiber?
1: So my first go to would always be vegetables. So right. increase your intake of cruciferous and leafy green vegetables. Right. You know, and then others uh, otherwise um, or, or in addition to not otherwise in addition to you can have things like quinoa and rice. Rice is actually quite good for you. Purple right. rice Brown rice, white rice, you can have oats, you know, so other grains like um, uh, buckwheat and so on. So you can have other forms of um, grains that are healthy for you um, and that provide provide the uh, added benefit of fiber, but without uh, the negative effect of gluten. The reason gluten is bad for our health, because the actual gluten, first of all, gluten as a protein, as a molecule, it's it's quite a large one and our body cannot digest it. Nobody can fully digest gluten. That's just not possible. And right. this is the work of Dr. Alessio Fasano in the U.S. He's the pioneer of this research and kind of opened our world and eyes into the impact of gluten. Right. now. There's many forms of different types of protein within the family of gluten. But for the sake of our, to simplify this for the sake of our discussion, first of all, we cannot fully digest gluten, one. Mm. Second of all, gluten, irrespective of whether you're healthy or unhealthy, it tears the lining of your intestine every time you eat gluten it tears it and then your body heals it and it tears it and your body heals it now it's not a problem if you eat it once in a while because your body's capacity to heal is phenomenal the problem is if you have a bad diet and you eat high amount of gluten high amount of sugar you know there's lots of factors but if you if you end up eating too much of that and your capacity to heal is no longer can keep up with the amount of tears you have you end up with something called a leaky gut a leaky gut it means that that cell wall that was basically sealed now has holes and the and the toxins that swim in the gut lumen that normally are never registered by the immune system because they never cross the barrier, mm. start to cross the barrier, they drive inflammation. And we know that when the body starts to mount a response antibodies against uh, those toxins and especially gluten particles, um, there is something that we call molecular mimicry, where the body starts to look for uh, a similar pattern that looks mm-hmm. like gluten. Anywhere in the body where the pattern looks like a gluten, so for example, it's the amino acid pattern is A, B, C, D, E, so everywhere it finds A, B, C, D, E, it will attack it because it's not very precise.
0: Even if it's healthy?
1: Even if it's healthy, so it starts to attack wow. tissues. And one of the biggest tissues that it tends to attack that we've seen is brain tissue
0: Oh, wow. Thyroid
1: tissue. So we get, we get a lot of people with um, way worsening symptoms of brain fog and so on when it comes to gluten.
0: So it's not just a. I don't want to use this word, but but it's the only word I can think of. It's not it's not a fad thing. It's not something that's become trendy just for trendy sake. There's some real science behind oh, yeah. what why it's bad for you. And in fact, you know, the gluten actually it sounds like from what you're saying, gluten uh, has a big big cause when it comes to brain fog and your ability for your brain to detoxify and therefore be able to refocus for the next day and actually perform well for the next day
1: yeah because it's not because gluten is the enemy and i'm not saying that people should come off gluten my point yeah. is that if you're experience if you have any underlying conditions gut issues uh, autoimmune conditions or if you're suffering from severe brain fog The likelihood that if you cut out gluten, which is a highly inflammatory molecule, you're going to feel better. Right. Same goes with sugar. But so that's what I would say is we always trial. We we do trials because it's not just, oh, I'm celiac or I'm not celiac. Right. Because you can you can have the genes and not express celiac. Right. right? Or you can have the genes and express celiac. You can have the genes and you can express something called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. A lot of people have.
0: Right.
1: So for, for me, the biggest thing I always look at is, what is your diet? What are you eating? How are you sleeping? Because all these behaviors that you do on a daily basis act as biological forces uh, that uh, influence the health, the, your health and performance. You know? I mean, this and is I, hugely
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I always say that when I sit with my patients, my consultations are normally two hours. Because the, at the crux of it, when we look at functional medicine, it really is the story of your life, is the story of your health. Everything you've been doing in your life, what you've exposed to, what you've experienced, illnesses, so on, so forth, up to the today, is the reason why your health has taken this trajectory.
0: That is hugely interesting, and now I'm starting to see why it's such a holistic approach to health because everything is interconnected. The last thing, and I'm conscious of time now, we're coming up to time, and I want to really thank you for for what you've shared. There's one more thing I want to discuss, and I've deliberately left this one last because we have a tendency that I've observed to supplement our way out of things while still maintaining an unhealthy mm-hmm. Let's call it a less than optimal lifestyle. Yep. So we, we, we over-supplement in the hope that that's going to counteract the bad habits when it comes to our sleep, our diet, all those kind of things. And in reality, you have to do those. If you just do those things, you will see a dramatic shift without having to supplement. The supplement is... The actual definition of the world word a supplement but what are some of the supplements that we could all benefit from intaking a bit more that's actually going to help us as long as we're doing all those other things correctly
1: thank you for that yeah yes i always say there is you cannot supplement yourself out of a bad diet full stop okay because supplements are there as an add-on to support you but it all starts with your foundation so if you have bad diet bad habits you know, daily habits, then supplements are not going to do the job. What? They might make you feel a bit for a little while, but then but then they will stop working. In our current circumstances, because we live in a world that's different than pre-COVID days, there's several things that I would say are a priority. One is you all must be on vitamin D, but first check your levels of vitamin D, okay? Because vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin, uh, where we get from sun mainly, is so important for so many reasons but one more one more one very important reason is immune modulation it helps balance your immune system to make it an intelligent immune system not um, an overreactive or underactive immune system so vitamin d levels are so essential and now the data is out all the recent publications show that adequate uh, vitamin d levels uh, improve your prognosis if infected with covid so it's really, really important that you get your blood your blood level of vitamin D checked and you want it to be somewhere between uh, 70 and 80. That's it. So vitamin D is a really good, important supplement. Now, there are some nuances to that, For example, women uh, who are past 40 should take their vitamin D with um, K1 and uh, and K2 because we want to prevent calcification in the arteries. So there's a lot of nuances. So that's why I always say don't supplement without getting advice because you can sometimes end up doing more harm than good. The second piece is a good quality multivitamin. That's really important because that's going to help supplement us and provide the nutritional support that the body needs for biochemical uh, function. And when you're looking at a a good quality multivitamin, you want to have, of course, all your usual culprits, all all your vitamins and your minerals and so on. But what's really important in your multivitamin is that the B vitamins that you have in those multivitamin to be activated B vitamins, methylated B vitamins, because those means they're ready to be utilized. The body doesn't have to work hard in order to activate them. So you want to have make sure that the multivitamin you buy has that. The I'll second, i will
0: tell you that on the packet. It will say. Yeah, that. it
1: normally says it will, it will say methylated B2B. They have different names. Right. Um, I'm happy to put some links. Uh, share with you some some links to some of the brands I endorse, as in support or use, simply because they're first of all go through very thorough testing and they're like pharmaceutical grade uh, supplements, and I trust their clinical data. The third, I would say, is fish oils. And this is really critical because this is very important for brain function. Okay, so we need a healthy amount of fatty acids in our body. And you don't want just omega-3. People always you know, think, oh, all I need to supplement. You actually need a mix of omega-3, omega-6, and nine. And you now have really great formulations of fish oils with the three combination in the correct ratio that you need to supplement with. That's really important. And then I would say two other supplements that I think are really important uh, N-acetylcysteine, which is a very powerful antioxidant, and it's a precursor to glutathione, which is the master antioxidant in the body, really important to reduce your oxidative stress load in the body, and it's very safe, and well, it's naturally produced in the body, so NAC, and then the third would be curcumin. Curcumin is such I mean, if you, I I will always encourage you to eat the root, the curcumin root, and use it in your cooking. But having curcumin in the current uh, environment that we live in is 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 so great because it's an antioxidant, it's an immune modulator, it reduces pain. It's uh, it you you can just Google turmeric health benefits, and you can see the plethora of scientific data that shows uh, the benefits of taking curcumin. Um, or incorporating it in your diet uh, to your health. So these are the things I would say. Vitamin D, a multivitamin, curcumin, and NAC would be uh, the top ones. And then, you know, of course we can take a probiotic, but there's tons of probiotics and I'm not a fan of let's just supplement for the sake of supplementing. I think you should always test. With probiotics, you gotta remember that a probiotic is basically like a tourist in the economy. So they just come in, for a while and then they leave. So they don't actually change the environment. So you want to change the environment in your gut to a healthy one. And that's a massive other topic that we can talk about another day, but it's really important. With a probiotic, I would suggest, you know, a multi-strain, good quality probiotic is, is good to have. But again, I really encourage you to work with a nutritionist or a practitioner, get your blood work done, and then supplement accordingly as per advice and make sure that you use good quality supplements.
0: Yeah, that that is hugely, hugely beneficial. And I've learned a lot here. And I want to thank you, Emma, for for what you've shared. And 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 I I mean this is not because I know you. I know personally that that I've seen a huge, huge change from where I am now to where I was three, two, three, four, five years ago, especially in terms of my performance. You know, my creativity is shot up, my ability to focus, my energy levels. I used to get dips in my energy level after lunch and I would really struggle between one and say three o'clock. Now my energy level just continues to go go up 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 and and until about say eight o'clock. But that's because we have a child, so, so that's obviously <laughs> going to happen. But I can personally vouch for the fact that following some of those advice that you give is going to have huge implications. And what I would say to our viewers is, you know, we are biological creatures at the end of the day. We're not robots. We can't get away from that. And the way that we treat our bodies, if we treat it well, it will serve us back, and we'll be able to express ourselves to the very best of our abilities and our potential. So this has been hugely, hugely helpful. Thank you so much, Amal. One final question is, um, how can our viewers follow you, learn more about you, get in contact with you if they wish? What are some of the ways that you can do so? Yeah,
1: of course. I do actually uh, regular monthly webinars uh, with a really dear friend of mine. She's a functional nutritionist, um, and we do that on a weekly basis. You can check all the recordings on my website at amalismail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and it's uh, amalismail underscore ifmcp, you know, and also you can sign up to my newsletter on, so that you can get updates and information that way. And you can get in touch with me directly at hello at amalismail.com. That's my email. Right. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. i will be happy to help anyone. I do 30 uh, minute discovery calls. If you just want to have a chat and learn a little bit more, you know, there's just so much, we are learning so much about the human body I think that you know. As a, my message to you is, and you said it so eloquently, Muaid, is if you treat our body well, it will it will support us in achieving all that we need. But remember that you know, true wealth comes with good health. You cannot you 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 know you cannot um, trick you know trick your way out of. Bad health in this world, right? It will catch up with you eventually. So it's really important. Your your body is really your temple, and you've got to take care of it. And I love Jim Rohn saying that: take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live, because ultimately, it, this is your vessel. And if you don't take care of your vessel, w- you know what what is the point otherwise? Right? We, we're not trying to live for a hundred, but live with patched up with medicine and surgeries and all of that. You want to live to a hundred with full vitality. And so that's what I really want you to take away from that message is that everything you do on a daily basis has a significant impact on your health. And if you do only minor changes, you can see the benefit. You don't have to do expensive tests or, you know, uh, go on crazy diets. It's only really small changes that make a profound change because your body is such an intelligent machine. Just, you just have to work with it. Sometimes I just say, you need to get out of its way and it will do what you need it to do.
0: That is hugely helpful. And, and again, I want to thank you a lot for sharing your experience and insight and and, and what you've seen work with, with some of your patients. And, and uh, you know, it's really important right now because of the amount of pressure that's being exerted on us, not just externally, but also internally. You know, we, we're hard on ourselves sometimes and, and we push ourselves to extremes uh, often to our detriment so this has been incredibly incredibly valuable session and i have a feeling that we're going to get a lot of feedback from our viewers and they're probably going to want to learn more um so we might have to do another one of these sessions in the absolutely. distant future uh, absolutely
1: but th- my pleasure
0: thank you again uh, amal for for your time and sharing this with us and uh, i hope our viewers take what you've just shared to heart i think it'll really help them have a great day and uh, we'll catch up soon thank you everyone. thank you
1: Thank you so much. Bye. Bye
0: Bye-bye.